For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back to Believe in Everything Auburn with Taylor Davis and Jason Campbell here to talk everything Auburn. And it's another big week for the Tigers, everybody. We have the number 10 Ole Miss Rebels headed to town in what feels like a very impactful matchup for the landscape of the SEC West. This thing is definitely going to... Uh, kind of show the hands a little bit of the SEC West. And if things go our way, it will set up one heck of an Iron Bowl. There's a lot to this one, but your Tigers are coming off a of bye week, so should be well-rested. And uh, Ole Miss has been clicking on a lot of cylinders, but there are some loopholes there. So Jason and I are going to break this one down for you, give you a little uh, matchup preview. We're excited that you have joined us for another week of some Auburn football, but got to go ahead and give you a word from our sponsor, Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today, and they are giving you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You just have to use our code BELIEVE. 50 to receive your bonus. So that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive that 50% welcome bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Without further ado, everyone welcome the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only J-Cam. What's up, Jason? What's going on, Miss Taylor Davis? What's going on, people out there, fans, everybody listen to the podcast? <laughs> like, fall is here. Like, leaves have changing it colors. Is. It is in the air, and it's football weather. And oh, yeah. I'm so excited about this game this weekend and, and everything. And, and people, if you wonder if we're going to talk about certain topics today, we are not. So we, we are going to stick to the football things mm -hmm. and the facts that we know about. So tune in, have a great show with us, and give us your feedback. Yeah, you know, it's it's frustrating. I mean, anytime that, you know, that kind of stuff is in the headlines, any game week is frustrating. But this game week in particular, where it's mm – -hmm. 
it's an incre- I can't say it's the toughest test because we have already faced Georgia, who is just right. I'm sorry. They are just competing <laughs> at a different level. It is nuts. So I can't say this is the toughest tough test we've had but in the landscape of what we could potentially do down the stretch in the sec west like i said this is a massive game like there will be so many eyes on this and if you search auburn football right now what comes up the top news stories are not about the game it's about our head coach and stuff happening off the field and that's distracting you know it just it adds layers to what these student athletes have to do burying the outside noise eliminating distractions so it's unfortunate that all of that is taking the forefront right now and jason and i are not going to add to it so we are here to talk about the game we are here to preview this matchup and uh, i think that's what fans should be focused on as well so let's definitely do just that like i mentioned Ole Miss who is uh, currently ranked 10th in the country right now after getting off to a very impressive start obviously hanging their hat on the offensive side of the ball they will be coming to town a 6 p.m matchup in Jordan Hare this week and uh it's just it, it feels like this could be a tipping point not just for this season but for the Harson era, for this new coaching staff, for Bo Nix. Like, this could be a very defining game, a lot because of what Ole Miss has done on the field so far this year. I mean, they lost to Alabama pretty convincingly. They barely beat Arkansas. But look across college football, nothing has been predictable this year. Literally, Oklahoma almost lost to Kansas, okay? Like, there's a lot of chaos happening right now, but – Ole Miss has been incredibly solid on the offensive side of the ball. They're putting up huge numbers every week, and Matt Corral is, Corral is having an unbelievable campaign. I think Lane Kiffin was the best thing to happen to Matt Corral. I mean, a couple years ago, Matt Corral was essentially benched for John Rice Plumley because that kid could run so effectively. And now you've got him in the right system. He has really grown and evolved as an offensive leader for this team, and they're putting that product on the field. So – Give me, to start out, your overall thoughts on Ole Miss, on this offense that Lane Kiffin has installed, and the way that Matt Corral and all their weapons uh, have implemented it. Yes, I say this. Uh, one thing about one thing about Ole Miss is they're very challenging. When I look at their offense, yeah. how, many times, how many ways they can affect you um, with different formations, with different sets, and and getting the ball out quickly and then doing a lot of RPO stuff with Matt Corral where he's involved uh-huh. in the running game, like against Tennessee, ran the ball 30 times. And then he also can throw the ball over the top. And when they get you mm-hmm. just snoozing up their word about the short game, and that's when they come at you and they attack you and they, and they catch you over on the back end. So we have got to be careful this week as a, as a pass defense. Our guys have got to be alert and aware um, of who's on the field and, and surge sets because – when they do the RPOs and different things, I expect us to have a spy on Corral this week. We've had two weeks to prepare for him. Yeah. One thing about a spy, you, your your job is to make sure you get the quarterback. Your eyes are on the quarterback. The only thing that affects you is you lose a guy in pass coverage. Right. So they because you're so worried about that guy. But this is a guy we need to be worried about because he can extend drives, he can extend plays and and different things because he can he's he can utilize his legs just as well as he utilizes arms. And one thing about Lane Kiffin, he's not afraid to go for certain certain things, no matter where he's at on the field. So right. from a substitution standpoint, 
I guys got to be ready to run in and get off the field. You don't want to get caught with 12 on the field at certain times mm-hmm. because we're not paying attention to who they're subbing in and how fast they're doing it. Yes, you know, the rule has changed where they give you an opportunity to sub if the offense subs, but they go so quickly. Sometimes they keep the same personnel and they'll run four or five plays with the same personnel and your defense is getting tired and you're trying to get somebody off the field. You have got to make sure that guys are moving quickly and guys are paying attention to details. This is a very detailed week. And when I yeah. think about us, how do we slow them down defensively? Our front seven has really got to understand this is not the week that you get out of your passing lanes. So if your yeah. job is to go upfield and it's in your, and it's for the, t- the D tackles to control the inside, it may be a slow rush mentality sometimes just because you're not trying to get out of passing lanes to let Matt Corral scramble for a first down. And Correct. if we're going to blitz him, hopefully I see more blitzes this week because you want to blitz him up the middle with your backers going up the field on the outside you're, to keep him in the pocket, but also not allow him to step up into the pocket and to throw. So we got to make it as hard as we possibly can on him. Are they going to hit some stuff? Yeah, Taylor, they're going to hit some stuff. They're too good not to. Right, exactly. You can't stop everything. Just try to take away the things that they do best. I want to go back to what you were saying about spying the quarterback for people that maybe aren't super familiar with what that entails. One question that, is it always somebody in the box? Typically, it's the, typically it's the linebacker. Uh, it's okay. one of your linebackers that you feel like can kind of run east to west or yep. one of the guys that you uh, feel like can can – can match up with their quarterback speed. So from that standpoint, most likely to probably be, you know, McLean, you know, yeah. uh, if, you know, in our, in our defense, if it was right. Owen was playing then it may be Owen, but we're not sure of his status just yet. But yeah. I, I will say this, like, it is very pivotal though, that we don't just get out of rush lanes. That's the thing that he hurts teams. When I watch him, I'm just like, dude, you so worried about just trying to get the sack when it wasn't even your sack. If you just stayed in your lane, he wouldn't even got through where he was trying to go. Right. So this is the game where guys have got to set aside personal, personal attributes for the team success. Absolutely. Um, like you said, Lane Kiffin is also a, a guy. He is very creative, very savvy on the offensive side of the ball, on his play calling, and he's gutsy. He is a gutsy coach. He coaches aggressively, and he has the personnel to do that this year. An interesting stat for that, though, Ole Miss ranks first in the FBS for fourth down conversion attempts. They've got 30 on the year, and they've converted 77% of their fourth down attempts. Mm. But Auburn ranks fourth in the FBS on fourth down conversion defense and has stopped opponents on 76.9% of their attempts. Those numbers are glaringly similar so it's been an os- an aspect of this Auburn defense that has been quite effective and if that's been a huge aspect of Ole Miss's offensive success 77 percent of fourth down conversions and we're able to limit that more than any opponent has that could end up being a very key piece to this thing because they have had success because of going for it on fourth down and being as successful as they have been and they're very effective in terms of discipline and and execution they only have four turnovers and for the amount that they have a great balance like you said of running the ball but deep throw deep field shots as well the fact that they only have four turnovers speaks to how how comfortable they are in the system you know what I mean it's not just an offense that's you know ran by a creative mind and athletes that are talented They've really married the two. They, they've got this offensive system that is very savvy and effective, and the guys have 
taken to it very easily and comfortably to the point that the sloppiness and the growing pains aren't really showing up on the field, which is a huge advantage. But I feel like I feel like this one could very well be like a fourth quarter shootout. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, scores on every possession. I don't anticipate that. But this may be one of those things where time is of the essence. I think time mm-hmm. of possession is going to be huge. I think special teams are going to be huge. Like, I think this thing could go down to the wire because these are two very good teams, but I think there's some intangibles that lean Auburn's way. So we've talked about Matt Corral, obviously a guy who's, you know, now in Heisman conversations and he's having a fantastic campaign. But let's talk about Bo, because even though we didn't see him this past week, obviously a bye week, the last time we saw him at Arkansas was one of the best showcases he has ever had, and a lot of it through the air. And I really hope they continue to do that. But obviously, I think the run attack will actually have a lot of success against Ole Miss. But talk to me about what that last outing for Bo at Arkansas on the road, showing out the way he did 81% of his throws he completed in that game over Arkansas, then into a bye week as a quarterback with that kind of scheduling and result from the last time he took the field. How do you anticipate his mentality is heading into this one? Well, I say this, I think a lot of it is for him is he's now had a chance to take a little bit of a deep breath. Um, You know, this whole first um, seven games for him has been a roller coaster. Uh, you know, he's had some high moments and then he's had a moment where he was benched and he's had some moments where, you know, people were kind of wondering, you know, if he's going to change things. And then to a point where last week against Arkansas, his feet looked very calm, probably the best I've seen him, you know, in, in a while where his feet was calm. His his decision making was was precise and his accuracy downfield. Like he threw the ball with accuracy down the field that gave the guys an opportunity to go up and make a play. You know, sometimes he would overthrow those guys five yards or three yards. Right. And But this time he gave Javaris Johnson a chance to make a play. He gave Robertson a chance to make a play. And for the most part, these guys came of age over against Arkansas. They made a lot of plays that where they caught the ball in a contested environment. Mm-hmm. And if they can continue to do that, then that really bodes well for this offense. And I think just for Bo, you know, he, he later in the game, he was able to scramble for a touchdown. And it just goes to show you that, okay, he's getting familiar with the system, but at the same time, he may be maturing in some areas. And yeah. I think a lot of that has to be credit to what Coach Harson and Mike Bobo is instilling into him. Now, you know, this is a different week. Uh, this week, you know, we're going against uh, an offense that can score points. So the mentality has to change a little bit from the standpoint you still stay aggressive, but it's more important to sustain drives. And yeah. you want to stay on the field and make sure that you keep their offense off the field. And it's a lot of ball control. And uh, and I mm-hmm. think a lot of the week is going to be us running a lot of tank and a lot of hunter. And then, you know, getting to those third downs where we need to convert. We need to have a high percentage of conversion on third downs this week so that Matt Corral doesn't have as many opportunities with Lane Kiffin to dial up different things and Mm -hmm. go back to what you were saying before where they have a high percentage of completing fourth downs a lot of the times they was going for them when you look back at the games were against teams that they feel like they couldn't stop and against Alabama he talked about get your popcorn ready there was times he was going for it like dude what are you doing you know because like you're not even giving your team a chance so you know I think he may have learned from that but at the same sure. time, I don't I don't know how much he still believes in their defense. Are their defense better? Yeah, they're better. But if you look at their statistics, they're still like towards the back end. And the reason yeah. of that is because their offense scores so fast that opponents 
or getting opportunity after opportunity. And it doesn't mean their defense is terrible. It just means that they're on the field a lot because their offense scores so fast. So right. this week, I think during the bye week, I think he probably broke down all his tape from the seven games with my with uh, Coach Harson and with Coach Bobo. Mm-hmm. And they went through every play and the things that he can do better in the second part of this season that's going to be very critical because we have three real critical games that if we can get, it can change the whole dynamic. So, yeah. you know, we'll see how he responds this week coming off that bye. If he can keep that same mojo and that same chemistry with the receivers that they had in the Arkansas game, which they should because they had a bye week to continue to practice, even though he gave them four days off, you still get an opportunity to go out and, 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 and feed off the energy of coming off a win rather than a loss. Coming off a win, more rested and rejuvenated from a bye week, and this game is at home at night. I I think that the energy that those guys will have coming out of the tunnel Saturday night might be at its height that it's been all season. The timing of this really worked in our favor, and having this one at home will be huge. I think the crowd could very much play a factor in this. That has happened multiple times across college football this season, and I fully hope our fans are are able to do that for us because this Ole Miss offense is incredibly effective. Like I said, very clean. You're going to have a hard time messing with them in that way. Our defense has to play an incredibly sound game. They are currently seventh in the nation in scoring offense at 41.9 points. I mean, go look at their schedule. They put up big numbers offensively week in and week out. Third in total offense, third in rushing offense, and 24th in passing offense. And look, Matt Corral is certainly one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He's having a fantastic year. He's completing 67.6% of his passes, just under 2,000 yards, and only one interception on the year. That's that's actually incredibly impressive. But he also leads them in rushing. Like you said, this is a guy that can end up hurting you with his legs if you, if you aren't careful and keyed in on him effectively. Um, he leads the team with 474. But then there's a lot of weapons. I feel like Jerrion Ely is another one of those guys that I feel like he's been playing college ball for eight years. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. bro, haven't you graduated yet? But a very <laughs> effective target for them and one that they rely on a lot, as well as Snoop Connor. He's averaging 5.8 yards per carry and has nine rushing touchdowns. The speed of Jerrion Ely, the the toughness of Snoop Connor, they have a well-oiled machine on the offensive side of the ball. There's really no other way around it. And so while I think we have certainly been tested, you know, battle tested, I've, I've been reading articles and that's a lot of people say that about Ole Miss, you know, they've, they've faced Alabama, Arkansas in a shootout, Tennessee, that one was actually, you know, crazy, even with the chaos at the end, mm-hmm. LSU, they handled pretty steadily, but They're, quote, battle-tested, and I think we are as well. Obviously, starting this season out, you know, well, week three, Penn State, and then Georgia. So, obviously, we have faced the number one team in the country. Here's the thing. We face the number one team in the country that's incredibly dangerous because they're defense. We are now about to face a team that is incredibly challenging because of their offense. So, how do we handle both? I I think that for the defense, this could be – a massive game to really put them on notice. Matt Corral has become a guy that college football fans are talking about. There are guys on this Auburn defense 
that college football fans could and should be talking about. And this could be a game that turns a lot of heads. What do you anticipate? Like we've said, we don't know if Owen Papo is going to return. We are very hopeful. He has missed four games with injury, but coming off a of bye week, maybe he will. But I mean, Zacoby, so many of those guys have really stepped up in his absence. What do you think Derek Mason is really emphasizing for them in preparation for this high-powered offense? Well, he's definitely telling them, like, guys, like, communication. Communication is a huge key. Like, you know, knowing there's empty sets, knowing there's four sets, um, you know, when they're in quads or and then, you know, three by one and, and just they're regular, like, you know, those are terms that you hear in football. And so when you see those, like, the one thing that they need to do is just make sure, like, the safety is on the same page as the corner. You can't be thinking that we're in two men and you're playing one high. You know, those type of things can't happen because what happens is like, you know, Smoke Monday is a guy, once he gets his hand on balls and everything, he does a really good job of turning them into success. The problem has mm -hmm. been sometimes he gets caught up worrying about trying to take, do too many, too many jobs and he gets beat behind him. He gets beat deep. So right. it, this is a week for him that if he wants to play at the next level, this is what you're going to see often, not every now and then often so you yeah. know he's gonna have to show up this weekend and really be be a, a pivotal player back there for us in the past defense and I, I just think coach mason has got to dial up some blitzes like we haven't yeah. got a lot of pass rush on teams um you know we did a pretty good job against arkansas we did a really good job we had a bend but don't break defense yeah. but when you're playing against matt corral you got to get this guy under some pressure like yeah. you can't let him sit back there and just pick you apart and just have time to go through progression and progression like we got to start bringing in some some secondary blitzes sometimes. We got to start bringing in Mike Cross blitzes. We got to blitz him every now and then just to try to create turnovers. And that's how I think you you have to do against – that's when turnovers happen. If you look at the Arkansas game, they had took the lead and had the momentum. But what happened? Our defense caused a turnover that happened in their end zone, and we recovered it for a touchdown. And after yep. that, they flopped, and we just kind of took off from there. So – those are things that we're going to need for our defense this week is to give our offense at least one or two turnovers. If you can give our offense one or two turnovers, but you do that by creating pressure. I like that. I, this past week I had Boston college at Louisville and um, Louisville's quarterback Malik Cunningham is a very effective dual threat guy. And their BC's defensive coordinator was talking to us about the need to blitz but also the need to be very smart and strategic with your blitzing because if you blitz too often, if you blitz too many, you open up the possibility for the threats on the perimeter to have a day. Mm -hmm. And that is something that Derek Mason has to be very keyed in on because there are guys back there that if you get them into space, the speed that they have, it's, it, it can challenge you. So they have to be very methodical about it. And, and uh, I think this is going to be a, the, most unique offense that we have faced certainly very effective look at the numbers and you'll see that but just in terms of the different looks they give you the different ways that they move the ball I think that the defense is going to have to be a play a very smart game along with a very physical game yeah yeah no doubt like uh being smart is really like you can't get those 15 yard personal foul penalties you can't get yep. those you know jumping off size penalties you know like 
our crowd knows it's going to be in a game, so our defense won't even hear their snap count. So you just got to watch the ball. You know, don't give them anything easy. They're already a great offense. Just don't give them anything easy. And uh, right. and I think for us, you know, we, we finally get a night game. <laughs> you know, we finally get a chance to see the, the lights in the stadium. We, you know, I see I got to see it on everybody else's. I'm just like, when do we get a night game? Yeah. So, you know, this is this is the crowd should be electric. You know, they should be into the game early. Um, so crowd noise affects a lot, though. It, it really does. And, yeah. uh, and I say this, though, they played against Tennessee and Tennessee. Everybody thought was two years away from being, you know, respectable. And mm-hmm. and they they're respectable now. Like, you know, Josh, yeah. what Heupel has done has, has has been very respectful. So you think about the way Tennessee played them. They had them on the ropes. They had them. And then they go to Alabama. Everybody, like, well, Tennessee had them off a bad loss. If they go to Alabama, Alabama just run over. No, they didn't. They gave them a, a, a good punch, too. So I think there's things that we can take from what Tennessee did to them because Tennessee has a loud stadium. It's a nice stadium and it seemed to cause them a little bit of problems. Yeah. And we was able to score. And I think for us, it's so much about what can our offense do against their against their defense. Can we sustain enough drives to just keep them on the sideline but not get three but get seven? If we can do that, I think we beat them and uh, and we come out of this game feeling really good about the rest of our schedule. Well, that's what I was going to say. We are favored in this one, which I can't say I expected. I mean, I know the factors – leading to that I think we're like a one point favorite I mean it's very very close but we are favored and I think us being at home and us coming off a bye week probably has a lot to do with that and let's also not forget I mean Matt Corral got really banged up in the Tennessee game I mean there Lane Kiffin was talking about it after not knowing you know how things were going to go for the LSU game this kid has taken a lot because one thing he's very effective very shifty but for an SEC quarterback He's not, he's not really a big dude. I've, I've covered him the past couple of years. He's, his size is actually not, not that commanding. And so for the offense that he's running and the amount that he's getting roughed up out there, I mean, like it, it starts to wear on you. And so I think that that's, that's an element of this too. I, I don't know that Matt Corral is at a hundred percent. Well, he's definitely not at 100%. Some of his receivers are not even at 100%. They was missing, I think, two of their starting receivers last week against LSU. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not sure if those guys are going to be back this week or not. So they lean heavy last week on the run game and a lot of the RPO stuff. But, you know, we'll see who they, who they show up with on Saturday. But when you're not a big guy, you take a lot of pounding. Yes, it does wear on you. And for us to have that bye week at the right time, right in the middle of the season, you know, that pays dividends because they just played – LSU, they just played Arkansas, they just played Tennessee and Alabama, and now you got to come to Auburn and play us. Like, that's a tough schedule for anybody. And the fact that they are coming to us a little bit banged up, you know, kind of – it kind of makes sense for us to be the favorite. And, you know, as long as we go out there and we take care of business, but by no means – this team understand that they're ranked 10th in the country. Right. And every week we are seeing teams fall out <laughs> top 10 consistently because they're getting beat what? by teams that they shouldn't be getting beat by. Oklahoma yep. should have lost two games to one in six teams. Crazy. So the only reason they're still ranked number four is political because I just don't understand yeah. if Auburn was in that position and we barely beat Tulane and barely beat like a Georgia State or something. I guarantee you they would have dropped us out of the top 10. 100%. But for whatever reason, Oklahoma still holds on to number four. And I'm just uh-huh. like, they don't even look like the number four team in the country. No. But oh, they're still ranked gosh, number no. four. So 
for us, we got to understand that this is probably the highest Ole Miss has been ranked since probably early 2000 when Eli was there and maybe yeah. one year that they was ranked high. So they understand like, hey, Alabama could possibly lose to us. So they're in their head yeah. thinking if we can get this one and try to get another one against Texas A&M or someone, right. we could have an opportunity that we hadn't seen in I don't know how many years. So right. our team need to understand that they're coming in here looking at this as a national showdown because yeah. it is because we're both wanting the same thing because I believe we can get get that one at home at the end but we got to take care of this one first totally and I think that you're absolutely right I think both of these teams look at this knowing that and I hate this cliche saying you control your destiny in college football <laughs> there are still a handful of teams that quote control their destiny of what's going to play out at the end of this thing and in terms of the SEC, Ole Miss and Auburn are still very much in the hunt and very much in the conversation. Well, last time we played them on Halloween 2004, we went to their place. And okay. I tell you, it was tough. It was tough was sledding. It? Like, it was a night game. Like, the energy was electric. And at that time, we was ranked number three in the country. And just trying to play against them, like they were giving us every single thing they had and eventually ended up pulling away in the fourth quarter. And I think we ended up winning like two or three touchdowns. I can't remember, but it was definitely a slugfest. But um, I will say this, it's nothing like playing a night game on holiday on Halloween weekend because yeah. the students, oh my goodness, they be, they, they so electric and too bad we're not 20 and 19 anymore. So Unfortunately, I would not be going out partying with anybody. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have to handle myself like the adult that I am now. Of course, we are all growing up against our will sometimes. But yes, I mean, this is going to be a, an incredibly exciting environment. And I am very envious of everyone who gets to attend. One thing I did want to mention, because we've kind of touched on it a little bit, along with Owen Papo is TD Moultrie. And... So that was a compliance thing. And a couple, I just wanted to follow up on this because a couple episodes you and I touched on that. And I was asking you what compliance means. And, you know, now you hear things like that and you wonder if it's COVID related. I mean, there's just such a wide range of things now. But it has been announced or released that it, it had something to do with him using the car that was registered to an Auburn booster. So he did not have the title or registration or anything which you're supposed to have for a car that you're driving on campus. He had had it for a while, and once they looked into it, it belongs to a booster, which that is not a good look. Even in the day and age of, you know, NIL and all of that, and we're certainly more flexible with things than we've ever been, the fact that it's an Auburn booster, not a great sign. But why but, the booster do that though if you know exactly. you possibly You're get your team in trouble up. or take one of your better players off the team like totally. why would you do that so dumb like you anyway so, so if it has all gotten sorted out by now which it has not been announced he is good to come back it wasn't any sort of you know injury health academic disciplinary issue um it's just kind of a, a confusing ncaa touchy subject so just wanted to follow up on that but um before we uh, close this thing out, what is uh, what are your thoughts right now on the top ten? You kind of touched on your thoughts mm -hmm. on Oklahoma. Bama sitting at three. Um, it's shifted a good bit. Georgia at one. Cincinnati at two. What are your thoughts on on kind of the landscape right now? 
Oh, I tell you, it's getting very interesting. Uh, Cincinnati struggled. <laughs> Cincinnati struggled against Navy this past mm-hmm. week. At one point, I was watching a little bit of the game. I'm like, man, they might not even pull this out. And mm-hmm. you know, and then they pulled it out. And then you look at Iowa the week before after they beat Penn State when their quarterback wasn't there, and they become number two, and then they get blown out by Purdue. And then this right. week, Penn State is playing. That's a question I want to ask you. But Penn State was playing Illinois. And I watched most of the whole game almost, and. You know, you lose to the Illinois team. Like, what yeah. are you doing? You know, yeah. I'm not fully liking the overtime rules just because the simple fact yeah. that you play so hard for that long and it's going to come down to whoever can convert a two-point conversion back and forth. Yeah. Like, you got to walk the entire field if that person chooses, hey, I want to get the ball on the other side of the field. Like, that's a lot. I, like, I understand we're trying to protect kids from injury because of the long games, but we can find a better way than sending people 100 yards to the other side of the field just to run a two-point play. Like, yep. is that's the best we could come up with. Like, why not just – I know the NFL, you play, both teams get an opportunity, and then the next team, next after that, whoever scores wins. We can mm-hmm. adopt a familiar thing where we can go from the 50-yard line in college, where both teams get an opportunity from the 50-yard line. And after that – the next time you score, you have to go for a two-point conversion. But all this, I don't like. I don't know. Like we just got to figure that part out because that was kind of interesting. But nonetheless, Illinois won the game, and they and, and fair and square. But from the top ten standpoint, Ohio State, I think is better than Oklahoma. Oklahoma, like I talked about before, yeah. I, I don't have an indebted against Oklahoma, even though they knocked us out the BCS championship because. <laughs> barely beat teams like they're doing now yeah like they're barely beating one in six teams that's all i'm saying like you're barely beating no, one in six teams. you can't tell me if auburn or if someone else was in that position that they'll still be ranked number four no they wouldn't right. the only other team i can think that way is alabama they would do it because mm-hmm. of saving but yeah. when i think about whoever who comes out the oklahoma at five ohio state so it's ohio state so i would swap those two and the rest of the top team like i said old miss is in top 10 right now uh, Kentucky's at 12. Who's at eight and nine? So Michigan State is at eight, and I actually have been more impressed by Michigan State. I would have them higher. Well, this week they play Michigan. So that's going to stop itself. Yeah. So who's at six? So six and seven play each other this week. And six and so, eight. Well, six and eight. So that's going to take care of that. So that's a great yeah, matchup. And I'm pretty is. sure a lot of people be in tune with that one. So for the most part, I think they got a lot of the right teams in there, just not in the right pecking order. I would agree. I think the the way in which the top 10 is stacked is a little shuffled, in my opinion. What do you think about us being at 18? Do you think that's justifiable, higher, lower, or sweet spot? Well, you got to think. Like, we barely beat a Georgia State team. And yep. then I call it the, the letdown game after you play the hype game in Penn State. So, but then you you go and you beat LSU on the road, but we don't even really know who LSU is after they beat Florida. And then all of a sudden they just lay an egg against Ole Miss. I'm just like yep. scratching my head. <laughs> so then we beat Arkansas, <laughs> who Arkansas was high in everything until they played Georgia. They get blowed out and then they play Ole Miss in a shootout. Yep. And then they play against us and then we beat them really pretty good. I'm just like, so not really sure where Arkansas is. So then I'm just like, okay, where do you put us? Like, right. where do you put us? So I, I feel like from a standpoint of maybe we're hugging around 12 to 15. Uh, if you yeah. win this game, that's probably where they're going to put us around by 12. But yeah. this is a pivotal game for us. Like, we win this game, I think, you know, you'll, you'll move up four or five spots. So everything is still in front of us because Texas A&M beat Alabama. And right. if Texas A&M continues to win and we can go and beat Texas A&M, 
who knows what can happen? Then you could beat Alabama. It's just so many scenarios that can happen, but you can't even think about them and get your head all in high pressure because right. we got to play Ole Miss first and we got to beat them first. It's huge, man. It's It's got to be a one and no mentality from here on out because uh, it'll be a tough stretch, but certainly one that I think would present a really good case for uh, for some big goals at the end of the year. So it's going to be one heck of a matchup. I am incredibly pumped about this one. I, I might be most excited for this one than I have been. Well, I was real hyped for Penn State, but I'm, I'm excited for this one. And uh, if you're going, make sure you are loud and engaged because uh, the guys deserve a whole lot of help and support. So the home field advantage at Jordan-Hare is – unparalleled in my opinion so uh it certainly could make an impact this week but with that jason and i will close out here on believe in everything auburn looking forward to this one and we will certainly break down all the action next week so thank you so much for listening and following along as always make sure you hit the uh subscribe button in the podcast app so that you get a notification every time we release an episode so uh until we talk next we're eagle Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.